Welcome to Discover Library and Archives Canada, your history, your documentary heritage. I'm your host, Angèle Alain. Join us as we showcase treasures from our digital collections, guide you through our many services, and introduce you to the people who acquire, safeguard, and make known Canada's documentary heritage. Between 1869 and the late 1930s, approximately 100,000 children between the ages of 2 and 14 were brought to Canada from Great Britain. Predominantly motivated by social and economic forces, a number of religious and philanthropic organizations encouraged the child migration movement, believing it to be providing an opportunity for many of the orphaned, abandoned, and poor children to begin a new life in Canada. After the long voyage to Canada, many children were welcomed into families across Canada as a source of affordable farm labor and domestic help. While some endured hardships in their new lives, many thrived in their new surroundings, making Canada home. Today, nearly 11% of Canadians can find a home child in their lineage, constituting a significant contribution to the growth and development of Canada. In this episode, we are talking with John Sayers of the British Isles Family History Society of Greater Ottawa, also known as BFISCO, about the lives these children lived, the difficulties they faced, and some of the incredible stories of those who thrived in early Canada. In addition, genealogist Marthe Seguin-Munz joins us to speak about the wealth of resources available at Library and Archives Canada for those wishing to learn more about this important migration and will show us how to use these resources to trace the lives of home children, as well as provide insider tips on how to use research tools to discover more about your family history. Hi, John. Thanks for speaking with us today. Can you tell us what BFISCO is? Well, the British Isles Family History Society of Greater Ottawa uh, was formed probably 18, in 1993. 1994 when it got its papers to to encourage facilitate preserve and disseminate research into people who came originally from the British Isles well I understand the uh, the British Isle Family History Society is working with Library and Archives Canada um, in partnership on a number of projects can you tell us about those projects well originally on the home children major database mm -hmm. which was from the ships list yeah. um, back in 1994 it may have been the very first conference of Bifisco or at least the second one Dave Laurenti and his wife Kay gave a uh, talk on home children now most of us had no idea who home children were right. hadn't heard of them mm -hmm. and during that talk he said there's a desperate need for a database of the names of as many home children as we could gather. Um, I sat in on that lecture and thought, well, but Fisco is new. We didn't have a major reason for being. We didn't have a major project mm -hmm. like OGS, Ottawa has the uh, cemetery recording. So I thought well, that would be a good project for Bifisco because we live in Ottawa, we're close to Library and Archives Canada, we have quite a large membership mm -hmm. 
it, the membership now is 500, so we do have a large, for, for a uh, family history organization, it's a large membership. And there's a need for home And children. there was a desperate need. So suggested it at one of our meetings, and they sort of said, fine, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Mm-hmm. And then they came to LAC, I'm not too sure who, but somebody came here mm-hmm. and made an agreement that if we provided the names and the database, uh, LAC would host the uh, database so on, if the, you on created their website. the nominal index. And that's right. And so we really it. wanted that because LAC is likely to be here forever, whereas most other organizations may be here for 10, 15, 20 years, and then they disappear. So what happens to their database? Right. And so we were very pleased with that. What are home children in Canada? Home children are children who were put into a philanthropic home in England, generally allied to some religious organization, and then sent to a home over here, for a distribution home over here. Generally, they only stayed one day, one week, maybe two weeks, depending how young they were. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they may stay six months in the home over here but then they were sent out to work on farms or as domestics, either working on a farm or in a home. We sat down with Marthe Seguin-Munz to talk about home children resources at LAC, and she provided some insight as to why so many children were sent to Canada. So can you tell us why the home children were sent to Canada? It was uh, the result of the, uh, the, the, the times that were difficult. Uh, in uh, in families and in in the cities, the parents were either uh, sick, they were poor, they could not get uh, take care of the children. In some cases, uh, a, a widow had lost her husband, and she had seven or eight children. I even re- remember researching a particular case where she uh, had lost her husband and then she died herself so her seven consequently her seven children had to be placed in uh, in homes in england so, so so the houses were getting crowded the homes were getting crowded the in homes england for children were getting crowded the uh, industrial revolution the, uh, the the shortage of work uh, people were having a very difficult time to provide for their families and consequently, a lot of children were sent in homes in England, and Canada needed, uh, needed manpower. There was uh, acreage farming, uh, they needed the, uh, the help. And um, it was also thought that the children would benefit from clean country air mm-hmm. as opposed to overcrowded yeah. cities in, uh, in London or in the big cities, if you will. It's providing an opportunity. So once the children arrived in Canada, what happens then? Uh, Most of them went to a receiving home in Canada. Mm -hmm. And once they were in that receiving home, farmers or farmers' wives came and checked the children out. They all lined up and they said, I'll take that one or I take that one. This was a bit later on in the very first parties, the very first ones, they were let off on the people met them on the train as they went across from Quebec City to um, primarily Toronto, Hamilton area. And people met the train and took so many children here and so many children there. Um, 
very little control for those children. Do we know how many children came to Canada as home children in total? Uh, well, according to um, this, this is sessional papers, one of those very lovely little records, hmm. and the 1936 sessional paper says 97,872, and it gives a list of the different homes. Um, With the amount of children. Except it says at the end, minor, minor agencies, and there were a lot of minor agencies. There were around 50 sending agencies over the years. Some only lasted a short time. Some only brought 20 children. Okay. And um, how many children today would be descendant of Well, descendants people of in Canada, children? they say about 11% of the population 11%. Has, has a home child in their background. I need to go look <laughs> if I have a home child in my... Well, it's surprising who has. Gilles Duceppe has a home child in his background, right. a London lad. Yeah. And he spoke very well when they made... Um, the year of the home child was 2010, and it was passed as a private member's bill in the House of Commons, and they all spoke very, very well to the uh, move. It was excellent, and Gilles Duceppe gave a very good speech. Hmm. What was the most difficult thing that home children faced living in Canada? The main thing was loneliness. Absolute loneliness. can imagine, yeah. Um, they came, most, a lot of them had been in homes with other children. I mean, Bernardo's had their girls' village where about 20 children were in each cottage with a mother looking after each group of 20. They always had friends around them or children with the same problems around them. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, they're stuck out on some very lonely farm, maybe being mistreated, particularly the girls. So loneliness was the big thing. The fact that they were away from all their friends, all the, the, the people that they could talk to. And they never knew the reason why they were being shipped over. Most of them... Um, Art Monk, who I knew quite well, he died two years ago, 97 years old. That was his question all the time. Why? Why was I sent? He had, his parents were still alive. He and his two brothers, his brothers were sent earlier than him, were shipped to Canada. Why? Mm -hmm. you know, some of them landed on their feet and some of them did very well. They had amazingly large number of the children became Roman Catholic priests or Methodist ministers, Anglican priests, um, or missionaries. Quite a few became missionaries. And I'd say about 200 of the children were Jewish. One of the uh, Jewish lads was Tugan Cohen, who came over to Saskatchewan, supposedly with his uncle, to work for his uncle from the Hayes Industrial School. He didn't like working for his uncle, so he went to work for a Methodist rancher, farmer, close by. And with that guy was a 19-year-old who was really good at cards. And he learned, the two of them learned to play cards very well, and they went around the prairies playing in the bars and everywhere, making money playing cards. Well, he eventually finished up as a general in the Chinese army. Jeez. And that's why he's called Tugan Cohen. And um, he is actually buried back in England, in Manchester. And that's said to be the only time that the, the uh, communist Chinese and the Kuomintang, the nationalist Chinese, were together at the same 
funeral when he was buried. So he must have been quite a popular... Interesting story, (laughs) for sure. So a lot of the home children who came to Canada and stayed thrived as adults? I mean, in the main population, you always get those that don't. Of course. And I'd say, you know, 5,000, say 5% had a hard time, a really hard time Mm -hmm. and didn't thrive. A fair number committed suicide, unfortunately. Um... Well, when you some, think of the experience, Some too. died of disease. Right. A lo- I mean, and they came from poor areas. There was a lot of TB, uh, tuberculosis, around at that time. Right. At any rate, so a fair number died of TB. Some ran away, never heard of again, went to the States. Um, there's several, actually, I can't think of his name, Wallace Ford, is it? An actor in Hollywood who actually ran away and rode the rails with his friend and his friend was killed in a railway accident, so he took his friend's name and finished up down in California and did quite well as a bit actor uh, and was very well respected. Hmm. Um, but he didn't go under his real name because he took the name of his... You know, that's the problem with home children. Uh, Tracing them is... They seldom bit... tell the truth. <laughs> they didn't know the truth. Right. They had no idea what the truth. They didn't know when they were born. They didn't know who their parents were half the time. Um, they knew nothing, really. How long have you been researching home children? Well, since Dave Laurenti gave that little talk in 1994. So you started there and... Now, I have a sort of kindred spirit. I did come and work on a farm when I first came over here. Did you? And uh, so, you know, I didn't work. I. The big thing I remember when I got to the farm, I was so happy to see they had tractors and not horses. <laughs> I, I never worked with horses and I didn't want to work with horses. <laughs> they had three tractors and I was very happy with that. <laughs> so it, it gives you an idea of what it would have been like to be a That's home right. child, come yeah. here. They were a Presbyterian family. I wasn't Presbyterian. and I went to church with them and, you know, that was actually a very good period to learn about Canada. I didn't stay there that long because I paid my own way over, so uh, I didn't have to stay the two years, which mm-hmm. would have been if, if Canada House had paid my fare. So what kind of resources does Library and Archives Canada have about uh, home children in Canada? Home children resources are typically found in the, uh, on the homepage of uh, the immigration because essentially that's what groups of children were. They were groups of children brought in from England and the British Isles, some from Scotland and some even from Ireland. The, uh, the home children page is found online, under on our website. Online on our website, okay. Library and Archives website. And uh, the lists of home children, which are of substantial numbers, uh, are compiled from passengers' lists that uh, were indexed by, uh, by people over the years, and a big project was done by the British Isles Family History uh, Society of uh, Greater Ottawa. That the bulk of that database, the home children database, has been indexed, indexed nominally by that so organization. By name. So by pe- name. So people can search these children by name in this database? That will be your first stop. You will go, you have the name of your ancestor or someone you know, and you will search the index by name. 
Keep uh, in mind, however, that uh, indexing uh, has its, uh, will have its limitations right. as uh, in the case of names that are less easy to pronounce or less common. So they might be written differently than what you think the name is written? Definitely. I have seen uh, the case of a family, their name is, their last name is Stilgo, S-T-I-L-G-O-E, and I have seen it spelt, I think there, there were five children altogether, and uh, five of them, I uh, think there was about three, maybe four s- spelling, S-T-E-L, uh, S-T-I-L, okay. S-T-I-L-G, and so, so we on. need to try. We need, need to try to, different uh, spellings. Yes, we call it in uh, in genealogy. I like to refer to it as playing Scrabble with names. <laughs> so we play around with Scrabbles. So that being said, we are looking at passenger lists, and we find the uh, the, the the child that we're looking for. And uh, of that display, you will have the surname, the given name, the age, the sex of the child, and the ship. Uh, on which the, per, the the child traveled on, and the year of arrival. Okay, so you mentioned passenger list, but if I put in the name of a, a child and I find them in the database, what what other types of records could I find? From the passenger lists, uh, you uh, can go uh, to the board of guardians uh, list, which is also it's a, a microfilm that is held by Library and Archives Canada. And it has been uh, the nominal list has been digitized, and the names are linked to the uh, to the, the the database. So you might find the child's name on that second list, and it might not be there neither. So uh, from there, you w- will see where um, the uh, central registry files are also a great resource. Although it is not indexed by name, you uh, would go under in the central registry file under the record group 76. Which is, which is what? Which is immigration records, okay. records of immigrations of Canadian authorities. And from there, you would put the name of the house uh, or the, the home where uh, it, they, were, they were housed once they arrived in Canada. So we are particularly interested in uh, names such as Marchmont Home in Belleville, which was uh, uh, in, um, established by Annie McPherson from England. Mm-hmm. You would put uh, Hazel Bray, the girls' home, uh, the Barnardo's girls' home in Peterborough. Uh, The Niagara Lake, uh, established by Maria Rye, who was the first uh, person to bring a group of children to to Canada. Mm -hmm. And she, that's Niagara on the lake. Uh, You would also put the names of the organization uh, as well as the name of where the place was. So that's record group 76. And it's, uh, the records are on microfilm. And what type of records are in this record group? Like, what do I find? So I put in the name of the the house, and then what do I get? You will find a list of children. You will find their age. Sometimes you will even find the complete date of birth. Okay. You will also find the uh, the name of the uh, the organization where they were, because we're looking at organizations in England. And so by putting in the name of the organizations, you will get the list of the children uh, notes, correspondence between the agents who looked after the, uh, the bringing over the children. Uh, sometimes they came over in groups of more than a hundred on one, one crossing. So you'll find this out while looking at the records? While looking at the records. Once you have looked at the central registry files, the boards of guardians, which are from England, um, you would typically look at the census records 
Imagine uh, someone coming in in 1904. You will look them up in the 1911 census and see where in w- w- which family they, s- they are living with. So you're following this child, basically. Following from this child from pretty well from even the arrival, the departure in England, because the date of departure is included on the passenger list. Departure in England, the, uh, they cross the Atlantic, they arrive in a group, then they are so-called dispatched to uh, a home in, uh, in Canada. In Canada, you will find them, there's New Brunswick, Ontario. Some of them are in Quebec, and some as far as Manitoba, and I've even heard of Saskatchewan. So once you, uh, you look in the census after the, the, their arrival, and the, uh, and the census is a wealth of information. And a little trick, uh, you will find, uh, you will look them under the, uh, the family name and they will have a different family name than the family that they are living with mm-hmm. because they're not adopted. No, they it's like are foster hired family. as labor, uh, labor um, okay. help, farm hands. And uh, so I uh, have a few examples here as well where the uh, person arrives in Canada, and you find him in the census. He's uh, this particular case, Richard Palamountain. He is uh, he arrives in Canada. He is sent to uh, Quebec, to Knowlton, Quebec, and I find him. And we find him in the census. Then we find him in the First World War records because he serves in First World War. So we find his attestation paper, which tells us that he enlisted in uh, in Kingston. We find him in the uh, digiti- digitized microforms, the, uh, the death cards, which is where when uh, the Veterans Affairs were notified of a death of a soldier, you saw the name of the, uh, there was a card made out for that soldier with the registration number and so on. So from census records, immigration records, we, uh, we find this is where the, the one way that we track. We follow them the through life. history. Their whole life, yeah, essentially. This example this, you were giving. This Richard Ernest Palamountain is a, a good example of, uh, of the variety of, uh, of the resources. Throughout his extensive research at LAC, John Sayers has come across a number of helpful resources. He talks to us about one that has been most valuable to him. Sessional papers are a wonderful, wonderful source. You know, a typical one is this one I have here for, it's the 1872 report, so it's for the year 1871. Mm -hmm. And there's three, almost three pages of actual ships that brought immigrating parties and who those parties came from and how many. And don't forget at that time, an adult, you became an adult at 12 years. So... Anybody under 12, 11 and under was considered a child, and anybody over that was considered an adult. So it's a little misleading when you right, see you have to know males this. and females, mm-hmm. adults, you know, 150 male adults. They may, they may a lot of them 13. may be 12 to 18 right. years old. Right. So, um, so these sessional papers, they're at Library and Archives? They're at and the library section of Library and Archives, right. many shelves of them in French and English. And there's some very good photographs in there of home children in the 1904-56 period. They have some very good photographs of home children and the homes and parties of children. So they're on the shelf. You don't have to order the box. They're They're on on the shelf up until 1930-something, I think, now. 
um, which covers the home children period for mm. our purposes. So, Matt, in a nutshell, where can people start their home children research? When you start your research, first go to uh, the Library and Archives Canada website. Then the specific pages uh, that you will want to look at are the genealogy and family history pages. Mm -hmm. And under those pages uh, will be the immigration and the immigration records where you have the home children page. And there's a whole page of, uh, about home children that describes the records, both the ones available online, the ones that have been digitized, the ones that are indexed. That page also will refer you to other organizations as well that indexes, uh, such as the BFISCO. That page will describe, will give a link to the Home Children database, the passenger lists. It will also give a link and an, a brief explanation on how to research uh, Government of Canada files, which are available on microfilm. Uh, you come to Ottawa, you can uh, come and look at the microfilm and get copies from the microfilm. The same goes for the juvenile inspection reports. They are also on microfilm, organized alphabetically. Middlemore Homes records are also available. The, that Look up the website. We are constantly updating our website mm -hmm. uh, with uh, digitized records, new indexes, and other resources. It's what we do. It's what we, we enjoy doing. Uh, also, many books have been published uh, by uh, about home children. Descendants of home children choose to publish books and there's quite a wealth of them. Consult our amicus database for uh, published uh, books about uh, home children. Well, thank you very much, Math, for being here today. You're very welcome. It was a pleasure. To learn more about Canada's home children and to discover your ancestors, Visit Library and Archives Canada's genealogy and family history pages found on our homepage at bac-lac.gc.ca. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Angèle Alain, and you've been listening to Discover Library and Archives Canada, where Canadian history, literature, and culture await you. A special thanks to our guests today, John Sayers and Matt Seguin-Munz. For more information about our podcast, or if you have questions, comments, or suggestions, please visit us at bac-lac.gc.ca slash podcasts.